Welcome into another edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. I'm Joe Tulse, and you're probably thinking, how is this thing going to stay on the rails without my legendary co-host and Draft Network colleague Jordan Reed? Well, my answer to that is it simply will not, because I'm talking about game previews on this lovely Friday. And if you know me on Game Preview Friday, things can get a little wild. And now, even though I don't have my co-host Jordan Reed here, I have broken this down to four of the most interesting games of the weekend in regards to NFL scouting. Thus, I have five real total individual matchups I want to share with y'all that I think NFL scouts will not only have eyes on Saturday, but when they go back to the tape this spring. Now, the really, I'd be remiss if I didn't start this episode without talking about some of the key news that happened in the past 24 hours. And the biggest one is Oklahoma State wide receiver Tylen Wallace, a junior, of course. And apparently in practice, rumors came out that he had a knee injury, and many believe it's a torn ACL. And if you, if you follow my work closely over the summer and the fall, uh, Tylen Wallace is one of my favorite prospects coming into this 2020 NFL draft class. Um, very much to me an Emmanuel Sanders kind of player with his size, uh, speed, ability to run routes well. Um, his polish, he's just really smooth overall player. He can play inside and out. So this will be a big blow to the 2020 wide receiver class. I mean, this guy, to me, it was a top six or seven guy if he was able to declare and was healthy. But the bottom line is, is that this probably means he's going back for another senior year, for, for his senior year. And what this also means is that we were pretty much robbed of what would have been the top wide receiver cornerback matchup of the weekend as Wallace would have went against uh, he would have went toe-to-toe with one of the Big 12's top cornerback prospects, if not the top cornerback prospect in the conference, in TCU's Jeff Gladney. That would have been must-watch television. That would have been one of the matchups I highlighted for sure in this episode. But above all else, prayers for a speedy recovery to Tylen Wallace, and now we wait on a decision for his football future, whether he decides to join a 2020 draft class or come back to Oklahoma State for another season. Okay, enough with the bad news. We're headed to the fun stuff. Let's get into the top individual matchups I'm looking forward to this weekend. The first one I want to look forward to, Georgia offensive tackle by Andrew Thomas versus Florida edge rushers Jabari Zuniga and Jonathan Grenard. Florida-Georgia, big rivalry game, as you know. This this is not even probably. This is the top matchup of the weekend that I know all eyes will be on, not just for scouting purposes, but just for football reasons. Um... But when you look individually at this game, you start putting a microscope on some of these players. This matchup between Georgia's star left tackle versus Florida's two edge rushers coming off injuries, Zuniga and Grenard, is the top individual matchup, I think, of an entire weekend, and in this game specifically. And to me, Georgia left tackle Andrew Thomas, this guy, to me, on my draft board, is one of the top five prospects eligible for the 2020 NFL Draft. He's really established himself as a top pass protector in the country. I mean, but he really faces the biggest test of the season against Zuniga and Grenard. Both players have been plagued by injuries all year, but when they're healthy, when they're healthy, they are as dynamic as any pass rush duo in the country. This could be just another checkmark on Andrew Thomas's nearly flawless resume as a pass protector. Great feet, guy who plays a good power and length. There's not really a big weakness to his game. I talked about with Jordan on a podcast on one of our episodes earlier that to me, I think he's one of the few four or five game changers in the entire 2020 NFL draft class. So this could be another check on the box on his resume, or it could be a statement game for either of these two explosive pass rushers in Grenard or Zuniga. So to me, this is the top individual prospect matchup to watch in this big rivalry game and this weekend overall. 
Now we move to the West Coast. And you know me, I'm a Pac-12 after dark kind of guy. And But unlike most weeks, I'm moving more towards the line of scrimmage. You, if you know, if you follow my work closely, I'm more about the cornerbacks and wide receivers kind of guy. But I really want to focus on the line of scrimmage this week. And I'm going to continue that trend by going with Trey Adams, Washington's uh, star left tackle, versus Utah edge rusher Bradley Anai, who I think is in the running for Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Now, this is a battle between two of the top seniors in the country at their respective positions, as I mentioned earlier. And this is a really a matchup that we're likely to see in Mobile a couple of months away for the Senior Bowl. You know, Adams is finally healthy. He's been plagued by knee injuries throughout his career. But he's finally playing at an All-American level this season, as his traits have indicated. Now, likewise, on their side of the ball, Bradley and I already has seven sacks in the year. Now, he's had eight and seven sacks the previous two years, respectively. But, this, I mean, this is only half, you know, midway through the season. This guy is coming off a three-sack performance against Arizona State, and both of these players, Anai and Adams, will be drafted in the top 100 next April. And this matchup, to me, is going to be something that scouts point to and watch closely, not just this weekend, but through the entire draft process with their respective evaluations, because I think if you there's an argument to be made that both of these players are the top players of their position in this Pac-12 conference in regards to the scouting, in regards to the next level. Trey Adams has been plagued by knee injuries throughout his career, but his talent indicates a six foot eight, three hundred twenty pounds. His movement skills, his pass protection uh, upside, it indicates a first round talent. It's just going to be depending on how those medicals turn out, you know, at the combine and how NFL trainers see that. And Bradley and I, this guy is a dynamic pass rusher. I wrote for the Draft Network um, a couple of weeks ago about how he's kind of changed the narrative about his draft stock. This is a guy who's really played with speed to power, uh, but didn't show much bend around the edge. He's starting to show a little bit more of that kind of side of his game this year. I think that's really transforming his draft stock to a different level. So I'm really interested to see these two guys go toe-to-toe because this is is probably the best of the best you'll see in all the Pac-12 this season. Staying with the same game, prospect matchup number three. We have another Senior Bowl preview matchup, folks. Nick Harris at center versus Utah nose tackle Lecky Fotu. Now, this one in particular will be incredibly fascinating because it's a battle of two contrasting styles on the line of scrimmage. Nick Harris at 6'1", 302, relies on his foot quickness and fluidity to reach three techniques and get to the second level for his production. But his biggest struggles come against pure power and length. So it's going to be really interesting to see him go against a guy like Lecky Fotu, who is an absolute powerhouse in the middle of the Utes defensive line. You know me, I'm a big sucker for guys for big, those big guys who can bring some pass rush value, and that's what he is. He's not just a true nose tackle, run plugger kind of guy. He's a true three-down player who offers some serious push in the pocket. And to me, I think he's one of the most difficult defensive linemen to block in the country because of how much power he plays with his hands and length. So it's going to be really fascinating to see the six-foot-one Nick Harris go up against a six-foot-five Lucky Fotu and his length and power. Because if Harris cannot handle that power, you know, when we go back to the tape next April and we see this game this weekend, this is going to be a matchup that scouts point back to with their doubts about Harris's projection to the next level. I'm a big Harris fan. I've been a big Nick Harris fan since the summer. But one of the biggest things about his game that is clear is that his lack of height and his lack of length. And I think Foto will be a very difficult matchup for him. And it's going to be really interesting to see if he, if he can handle that. And if he can, it be a big notch for his resume. But at the same time... If he doesn't, it's just going to confirm what we know about him and say that, hey, this is going to be a problem for him going forward at the next level. And for our fourth, our fourth matchup, 
and really our third straight senior bowl preview matchup, Wake Forest offensive tackle Justin Heron versus NC State edge rusher James Smith-Williams. This is another senior bowl preview matchup. I mean, I'm basically advertising for Jim Nagy in the event at this point, right? I mean, but this one-on-one battle between Wake Forest, Justin Heron, and NC State's, when I say freakish athletic edge rusher, I mean absolute freak, James Smith-Williams. James Smith-Williams, to me, you know, this guy is so intriguing because he's been hurt for most of the season and honestly most of his career. But when you look at his physical profile, 6'4", 265, runs a 4'6 in the 40-yard dash, has added 60 pounds of muscle over his career at NC State. So you know he's dedicated in the weight room. He may be one of the most intriguing pass rushers in the entire country because when he's healthy, his tape is really fun to watch because that explosion off the edge just pops on tape. And that's the kind of explosion and burst you want to see in an edge rusher when projecting to the next to the next level. On the other hand, the player you will see a lot of action against Heron might be the most underrated pass protector in college football. Tall, long, good feet, comes from a basketball background, and you can see that on tape because you know that smooth, easy footwork and his pass sets and movement skills. You don't really see that much with guys his height and guys his size. So I think he's one of the most underrated prospects in general in the entire country. So I'm really interested to see this matchup because these, these two guys are kind of flying under the radar, but both have day two potential, in my opinion, if, they're back, if their medicals check out. Because Heron had the ACL injury uh, in 2018, missed the entire season, whereas James Smith-Williams' injuries have really plagued his career. So it's going to be interesting to see these two guys go toe-to-toe and really show scouts what they're made of. And lastly, to me, this is my favorite matchup of the week. I know I talked about Andrew Thomas versus Zuniga Granada is the Best matchup of the week, but the one I'm looking forward to the most, you guys know it, I'm wide receiver corner guy, Pac-12 after dark, fits my schedule, Colorado-UCLA, LaVisca Chenault versus Darnay Holmes. Now, it has not necessarily been a disappointing season for either LaVisca Chenault or Darnay Holmes, but it's been more quiet than it's most, than most really most expected for both, right? Both were considered fringe first-round picks before the season, but now there's a legitimate chance Chenault and Holmes go back to school for one more year because of the lack of production they're really putting up. And at the same time, let's also remember that LaVisca Chenault just had his best game of the season with nine catches for 172 yards and a touchdown against USC. If he can string a couple more of these performances together, he'll kind of rekindle that stock he had in the preseason because he truly is a physical marvel. I mean, he has Des Bryant-like playmaking ability and strength after the catch. On the other hand, UCLA cornerback Darnay Holmes, while he hasn't had the production... You still have to acknowledge he's probably going to run in the 4-3s, if not sub-4-3 in the combine, as I think he's one of the fastest players in the country. Um, he was the only person I saw on tape last year. Remember Hollywood Brown, Oklahoma? Um, he was the only guy I saw him match up with him vertically down the field and run stride for stride with him. So this guy is really difficult to get over top of man coverage, and LaVisca Chenault's game is all about explosion and you know big, big playability. So it's going to be really interesting to see how those two dynamics kind of go up against each other. Because Holmes is kind of that big play neutralizer, whereas Chenault's kind of that big play playmaker. So it's going to be really interesting to see those two contrasting styles kind of clash. Um, so to me, and but that's not really what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Holmes' physicality. Because when you watch Holmes in 2018, I thought he was the most physical player on the UCLA defense pound for pound. But that's really the one thing that's been missing from his 2019 tape. I really want to see him get physical in the run game and after the catch, especially with Chenault, who I think is the best wide receiver in this 2020 NFL draft class, 
after the catch with the ball in his hands in terms of just raw power and explosiveness. So I want to see Holmes be able to bring him down uh, in the open field and make some plays with contact. So to me, that is th this is my favorite match of the weekend because this is a big statement game and a big test for both these prospects because Holmes is going to test Chenault's separation downfield because his speed and Chenault is kind of that bigger, stronger guy who doesn't really have much quickness to his game. So Holmes is really going to test him on that standpoint in man coverage. But Chenault's going to really test Holmes after the catch with his size and physicality. Last but not least, we're going to discuss the final topic on this Friday. And I know that it's November and Halloween was yesterday, but I would be remiss if I ended this podcast without talking about the top Halloween candy. I know y'all have opinions on this. Y'all think candy corn should be number one. Get out of here with that take. We're swatting that way like the Kimmy Matumbo. Because we're rolling with Reese's. I know I've been advertising for the Senior Bowl in this episode all podcast long. Jim Nagy's going to have to pay me at some point for how much marketing I'm putting for the Senior Bowl. But Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, if they're not the number one pick, get out of the Halloween candy business. That's my take. That's my two cents. That is all. And Jordan Reed, my co-host, I don't know what he thinks, but he's not here to defend his – he's not here to give his take. So, therefore, I win the big board update. I win this year's Halloween candy power rankings. Thank you very much. And now, with that being said, that is the end of the podcast episode. We'll have game recaps for you on Monday. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to. And if you like this podcast, what you better do – Leave a five-star review and say, Jonah, you did one heck of a job on a solo podcast. We don't need Jordan anyways. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. We're looking forward to having Jordan back on Monday for these game recaps and Pride Sticker Monday. So, y'all have a fun weekend, safe travels, and we'll see you on Monday.